takes his pen. Welcome to Prince Travel Track presents Steve Wonder Classics. Today we're going to be covering Higher Ground from the album Inner Visions. Uh, this was also released as the uh, lead single uh, from this album, uh, coming mere months after Stevie Wonder had already released an album previously in the year. Um, there's a lot, that, this time period, it's very, very busy in terms of um, how many uh, songs St Stevie Wonder was uh, recording and releasing. Um, it was only released as a single in the UK, interestingly, um, and it did not do very well. I mean, it got to number 29, but that's not really that well. Um, no. uh, it was released uh, in its album version on the 3rd of August, 1973. Uh, it's just Stevie by himself on the track. It's 3 minutes 42, and joining me to talk about today is John Buggleton. Hello, John. Hello. Now, I think like a number of people under a certain age, uh, you probably came to this song from the cover version done by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I did. Uh, it was a hit on the college. It actually came out, I think, when I was in college. I know I played it a lot on my college radio station, and that's how I initially came to be familiar with it. I, I think the first few times I heard it, I didn't realize it was a cover until the end where I realized that uh, what Anthony Kiedis was saying, that me and Stevie, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he says, he says, me and Stevie, no, nobody can bring us down. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, it did, I would say, marginally well as a single by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. It got to number 11 on the Modern Rock and uh, number 26 on the Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. Yes. Again, we're back to Billboard having a number of different, number of charts, very, very yes. niche. I mean, it's it's very crunchy. So, you know, I think that's probably why it was popular. Uh, well, over here, it only got to number 54. Oh, okay. um, so that's not even in our top 40. So it yeah. was not a success at all yeah. um, as, as a cover version. Um, it's it's interesting because it, it I think it was one of the final things that was released by the band featuring John Frusciante. Yes. Um, before uh, you know he kind of left the group and then obviously a number of years later returned to the group um, and then more recently left the group again. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm not I I don't think at any point I'm ever going to be doing a track by track on any kind of Red Hot Chili Pepper stuff. But I think from like uh, Blood Shaker, Sex Magic, through One Hot Minute, Californication. By the way. I think that's a pretty good. I'm not going to say it's on the same level as Stevie Wonder's run from, no. you know, um, a talking book through to songs in the key of life. Uh, but I still think those four albums are pretty strong. I'm even a big fan of One Hot Minute. Yeah, uh, I know there's some people who don't like One Hot Minute, but I, you know, I like One Hot Minute. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think from Stadium Arcadium on, I, you know, maybe I'm a little bit less of a fan of what they've done. Um, but I certainly think from, I mean, I would even maybe include Mother's Milk in that as well. I think from Mother's Milk through to By The Way. Yeah, um, I, th I think they've yeah. kind of only fed, settled into a groove where they're just doing the same thing every album pretty much now. So, you know, because it's selling tickets and selling CDs. So, Yeah, I think they're probably one step away from turning into the, um, you know, the Rolling Stones incorporated band type thing where effectively the band only exists to occasionally release an album and then tour and make tons of money from the tour. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I feel that maybe you two have also slipped into that mode as well, where, Oh yes. You know, you two only kind of really exists to every couple of years, release something so that they can then use that as an excuse for a 200 date world tour to make money off it. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And that way, then Bono can go and do whatever his pet charity is for two years and then come back and, 
be fabulous for yeah i mean you got to remember bono is super catholic so he's got like 11 kids or something i'm exaggerating but he's got a lot of kids (laughs) he's got um, yeah got to pay for college somehow yes um, so, you know, obviously, the, the funny thing is, is that, um, you know, uh, Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers was released roughly, I think, eight weeks before Batman came out. Uh, that's how I'm going to I'm going to do the timing on it. So uh, by the time it was in the charts, uh, Prince was number one with uh, Bat Dance, uh, which I think would prove to be his final number one of the 80s. Um, yes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the kind of the i think uh, the weirdest thing is i think that the opening riff uh it does kind of work as played with slap bass uh and i know that some people can get tired of flea's slap bass in particular the other members of the red hot chili peppers get a bit tired of flea's slap bass (laughs) um uh which is why there's you know there was a couple of albums where there was suddenly less bass slapping going on um yes so but i think that he you know he in terms of the way they cover it, I think that like the slap bass really works. I think that the kind of the drums aren't quite as much in the groove as on no. the Stevie Wonder version, but still no. Chad Smith, you know, he, he like he's he's a good drummer, so you know it, it's flattened out just a little bit, but still, you know. And again, yeah. like Antikidis is no Stevie Wonder. I don't think anybody would ever mistake the two. Um, no, certainly not. But he does a serviceable <laughs> job of kind of. You know, they they've got the kind of on the on the choruses they've got the you know the 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 kind of group backing vocals, so they've got like you know and I think like fifteen sixteen people doing backing vocals, uh, and kind of singing it like it's a chant, and and yeah. so I think that kind of in terms of covering it they did something different and I think it really works and I think that's probably why people um, you know kind of like that version of the song. Um, you know, when they when they when they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012, you know, they played Higher Ground as part of like, you know, a, a kind of a, a long extended jam medley of their yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can understand why, because I think for a lot of people, um, I don't know, I don't, I don't I like I don't think Fight Like a Brave was much of a hit and Knock Me Down was kind of a hit. But again, I didn't think get quite as much radio play as Higher Ground. So I think Higher Ground is yeah. probably where most people think. Higher of. Ground is probably the first, I think it may be the first Chili Peppers song I was aware of. Yeah. So. And like you say, I think a lot of people heard it for the first time and probably didn't realize it was a cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's probably one of the things where they're like, oh, wait, you know, if you're not, you know, if you didn't know Stevie Wonder and you're like, oh, well, this, oh, that's a cover. Um, yeah, because after Knock Me Down, you've got Taste the Pain, and then of course Give It Away, and then Under the Bridge, and you know, and then of course yeah. you're kind of into their into their hits. Um, so this is kind of the first big hit that I think people would remember from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, but also, yeah. you know, it's it's a really well known Stevie Wonder song, and uh, given the subject of the the lyrics, I think some people are under the impression that Stevie Wonder wrote this after his car accident. Um, you know, because he did have a car accident in the 70s where he was put into a coma for four days. Um, And apparently when he came out of that coma, that was one of the things that led him to write most of the stuff that ended up on Songs in the Key of Life. Um, But just because of the whole, you know, um, I'm so darn glad he let me try it again. My last time on Earth, I I lived a whole world of sin. I think because of that line, people seem to think that he wrote this after his coma when he didn't. Um, Okay. You know, but again, it like... Like literally every every I, I I don't know I just like I like the verses because you have this kind of um, I mean they're easy rhymes with just the ings you know like with the you know people keep on learning soldiers keep on warring world 
keep on turning. Keeps on turning. Yeah, because yep. it won't be too long. So like just that that kind of very simple rhymes. Um, and then, I I don't know. I, I again like it's it's kind of telling that Stevie Wonder is kind of in his early twenties because I think. You know, only in your early twenties would you write a lyric like "Powers keep on lying while your people keep on dying." <laughs> you know like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's very like there's a little bit of naivety in the lyrics, but again, I can also see why the Red Hot Chili Peppers were then attracted to these lyrics because it's like you know, it it just it fits kind of the the kind of the young. I mean, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were young when they recorded it as well. And it, yes, it, they it were. Has that very young perspective. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Um, and then later on, when he says, teachers keep on teaching, preachers keep on preaching, uh, you know, world keep on turning because it won't be too long. You know, and then I, I, the, the final kind of like, you know, lovers keep on loving, believers keep on believing. I don't think that quite works. I don't think it quite scans no. as well. <laughs> and then the no. sleepers just stop sleeping, which, you know, replaces the world keep turning because uh, it won't be too long. So again, like, you know, obviously Stevie Wonder, as he went through the 70s, he gradually embraced kind of political activism a little bit more, you know, with like the rise of the Black Panthers and stuff in the 70s. It was kind of hard for somebody who was seen as, you know, uh, a kind of a prominent person in that community to not kind of embrace some form of activism, at least. And I think that on this on this album, I think that he's Mr. Know-It-All and Living for the City are probably more successful in terms of the message, I think that the message in Higher Ground is a bit too simple in terms of, you know, like teachers keep on teaching. It's like, yeah, OK, I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, it makes me think a little bit of the uh, the Sphinx in um, Mystery Men, who is kind of giving all these these things where he's like, you know, if you don't if you don't control your powers, then your powers will control you. Like just this this little kind of reversey thing that he does in the speech. And it's like this feels a little bit like that of like something keep on something. And it's simple aphorisms. Yeah. yeah. And it's and so it's this this whole. So it like the whole kind of soldiers keep on war and stuff. It's like, yeah, OK, I, I get it, Stevie. <laughs> um, so I don't feel it's quite as successful as the other like politically charged songs in the in the in here. But I think the chorus is basically the kind of the more important thing, um, yeah. you know, than the, the verses. I think the verses is a little weaker in terms of the overall structure of the song. Well, and the funny thing for me is that I initially, before I understood the lyrics a little more, I sort of took it as a vaguely Christian song, but I didn't. Uh, but then I looked at the genius link that you sent me, and I read that it's more of a Buddhist thing, and I didn't. It didn't. I, I sort of took the. I'm so glad that he let me try it again as more of a either Jesus coming back or born again thing, but that's just more of my experience than anything else, I think. So the Buddhist thing never would have occurred to me if I hadn't looked at that genius link. Yeah, I think as well, like the idea of, you know, my last time on earth, I lived a whole world of sin. I don't think you could apply that in a Christian way that would make any sense. That's the, I mean, obviously sin is a, is a Christian idea. Yeah. Um, but at the, at the same time, it's like, I don't, I don't think the idea of, re, I mean, reincarnation is not the Bible no. and the Christian church do not agree with that. It's a thing that exists. Um, uh, so also it doesn't exist because reincarnation is not real. But yeah. in terms of like the philosophies, um, you know, the, the church wouldn't endorse reincarnation. So that line wouldn't make any sense, even though he's using the word sin. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't really fit. Um, and so, yeah, it is kind of more of a Buddhist perspective at the same time, like Stevie Wonder, although he had like a background um, as a lot of, you know, black singers in the 70s and 60s did. Uh, and even in the 90s, you know, like Lauren Hill sang in a gospel choir. Uh, she also sang in um, uh, what is that film with the sister act? Uh, there you go. Yep. She sang in sister act, too. So 
you know, like singing, singing gospel choirs is obviously something that, that a lot of black artists did. Um, and obviously Stevie had a little bit of that background as well. Obviously he was such a great singer that he basically started singing on, you know, he had a record contract before he was 10. So, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't spend a lot of time in his childhood singing in choirs. Like this, this idea of sin doesn't really fit with like the, the kind of Christian thing. And, and I don't think his, his religion has ever been anything. I mean, he's always been someone who's been seen to be spiritual, but I don't know that we ever kind of have, you know, Stevie Wonder going to church on Sunday as like a kind of topic. Um, and I think, you know, he basically spent most of his life in recording studios, certainly in the 60s and 70s. So I yeah. don't know how much chance he had to, to go to church. Um, but I certainly think, obviously, you know, he has a religious element in a lot of his songs. But, uh, you know, he's never he's never kind of been a, a kind of publicly like Christian singer. Like that's not that's not an element. So the fact that he's taken like this kind of Buddhist philosophy of reincarnation and turned it into this song. Um, and then also, you know, the fact that he says he's going to keep on trying till he reaches the highest ground, ground, right? Yeah. Which uh, it's interesting that the song is called Higher Ground, but in the chorus he's singing Highest Ground. Yeah. Um, he's not singing Higher Ground. Um, and he never sings Higher Ground. Anywhere no. <laughs> in the song he always sings Highest Ground. Um, so, yeah, like the, just this idea of, like, you know, he's glad. And again, this is, I think, one of the things why people confuse it with, with the idea that maybe he, he this was something that he, he kind of came out of his coma and wrote about, like, being glad. Um, and it's, it's you know, that's, I think, where the confusion comes in. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like he's saying, till I reach Nirvana. Yeah. Um, or, like, he's being very, like, it's not very specific about what it is. It's just about somebody trying, trying better because they've acknowledged their mixed taste. Um, you know, so, uh, but I also like the fact that he doesn't swear. He says, I'm so darn glad yeah. instead of da- damn. So, <laughs> so the fact that he also kind of, I don't know, it's weird because it means that it could then be sung in churches. The fact that he's kind of censored himself means that the song is like, is available for people to kind of sing in churches and not have to change the lyrics. Right. Um, you know, although I don't know that lovers keep on loving would go over well in a in a gospel setting. No, probably not. Um, and then, of course, you know, we get towards the when where he does say, you know, don't let nobody bring you down. Um, and then he says, God is going to show you the highest ground. So, again, that kind of contradicts the Buddhist thing. But, you know, it could be God with a small G. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, and then, of course, he says he's the only friend you'll have around because the rest of the world will bring you down. Um, and that in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, that's where he says Stevie knows nobody can bring us down. So you know that's where Anthony Kiedis changes the lyrics just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just it's such a great song, um, you know, and just the whole like the riff is so kind of perfect, um, and it's like it's one of these things where you know on some of these songs, particularly on this album, you know we have you have kind of other people bringing in stuff on you know um, some of the earlier tracks. Um, and, but on for th- this track and the next track as well, it's just Stevie Wonder by himself. Um, and I think, as as with you know some of the songs of Prince, where it was just Prince by himself doing everything, um, I think it's always interesting to get this kind of pure, uncut Stevie Wonder. Like this is, it's just him with you know the clavinet, with the the the, the moog bass, uh, with like you know the drums. It's just him by himself, kind of doing everything. Um, and you also kind of just get, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder's voice, just his, you know, him doing his own voice. And, you know, and it, I don't know, it's just wonderful. It's, I mean, you know, his talent is so staggering. It's kind of amazing to even think about it. But like uh, just how good he is at kind of coming up with a song like this. And also I love how kind of on the outro, you, he like he kind of changes the lyrics, but it's just almost like he's replying to something. And the, it's just sung in a slightly different way. 
And it just kind of keeps things, you know, kind of interesting. Like, there is a very kind of strong groove on this song that he kind of sticks to for most of it. Yeah. But I do kind of like that when when it goes to the chorus, it changes to something. And when it comes back to the verse, um, you know, again, it kind of changes back. It's not, you know, a, a kind of complex song. It is kind of mostly verse, chorus, verse, chorus. But in that outro, there's some little tiny bits where he has some kind of drum fills and stuff that are just a little bit different as the song is finishing. And uh, I don't know, it's just, a, it's just a wonderful kind of timeless song. Like... You know, I'm not a religious person myself. Yeah. Uh, but like, just you know, I think there are some songs that kind of have a spiritual thing that just—it doesn't matter about the message; it's just the way it's kind of delivered. Right. And uh, you know, Stevie Wonder's voice is so pure that it's kind of like you know, just amazing to kind of hear him singing it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'd say five out of five. Oh yeah. Yep. You know. I agree. <laughs> um, it's just it's it's kind it's kind of it's kind of great, you know. Um, and also, it's kind of interesting that, like, the fact that he calls the song "Higher Ground" but never sings "Higher, higher Ground." ground it's always it, right? "Highest Ground." Um, you know, I, I kind of like when when artists do that, where they give you a title and then, then they don't they don't really use it. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of they do something slightly different. And like I say, like kind of a marginal success as a single over here. Uh, you know, the first real single that was released um, from this album in America was "Living for the City," yeah. uh, <laughs> which. To go from "You Are the Sunshine of My Life," which was his like previous single in America, to "Living for the City," that's a, a like big jump. The contrast yeah. is very big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you're going from a kind of very kind of you know a love song to like a gritty political statement. Yeah, <laughs> and then kind of in between, if you're in the UK, you know, you get this. you get this kind of upbeat kind of spiritual song. Yeah, uh, and I think just in those three singles, all coming out in 1973, it shows you how diverse Stevie Wonder's. Um, you know, catalog is just between those three songs. Um, you know, I don't think there was any other artist I would say in the seventies who was kind of putting stuff out as diverse as that. No, probably not. Um, you know, and and it's 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 kind of yeah. I mean, you know, um, except maybe Led Zeppelin, but they were just stealing it from everywhere. So, yeah. you know, it's easy to be diverse when you're stealing stuff from everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and and the thing is, you know, Robert Plant's a, a local a local boy, so you know, I can I can say that about him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know, just an amazing song, and also you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they're no slouches. That's you know, it's a really well produced. I would say for me, the Red Hot Chili Peppers probably at least a four out of five. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Know, I think I think the production on it sounds a little dated now because the drums sound a little kind of tinny ish. Yeah, like they're not. It's, the, the sound's not as full as Stevie Wonder's sound, but no, yeah. and the uh, uh, sort of metal breakdown at the end is kind of dumb, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a good cover, but you know, you can't you can't beat the original. Yeah. I mean, when you're going up against Stevie Wonder, I don't think you really stand a chance. No. Um, so. <laughs> no, that's true. So, um, well, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, John? Uh, no, I'm all set, right? Thank you. And you can follow this project on Twitter at Stevie by Wonder. Uh, thanks, Wolf, for being my guest here today, John. Thank you for having me. And otherwise, let's find that highest grade. <laughs>